Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have something new to tell you. Hi, it's Keith from the Book of Constellations. I want to invite you to my new podcast called The First Episode Of. It's a podcast about audio drama and the creative process. In each show, I listen to the first episode of an indie audio drama, then have a discussion with the creators about the show, their methods, their struggles, and successes. It's a great conversation for anyone interested in storytelling and creativity. And with so much talent and variety out there, you're sure to find your next favorite audio drama by listening. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts or at thefirstepisodeof.com. Come listen, and don't forget to keep spreading the word about the Book of Constellations, and consider making a donation at glow.fm slash bookofconstellations. Thank you. Enjoy today's verse. The Book of Constellations Written, produced, and performed by W. Keith Timms Chapter 1, Verse 7 <coughs> Hang on. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be all right. I mean, in the present moment, anyway. I can't speak for the future, but I think that's true for all of us. Not just our personal futures. It's hard not to think about Armageddon when you've been traveling with Rael. You know, I think people have been talking about the end of the world ever since there was a world. Whether it's a meteor from space or a super plague or some god coming out of the sky to put an end to us. Part of us knows that all the things we take for granted, all the things we've accomplished and celebrated, might just get snatched away. There's nothing we can do about it. And I guess we mostly focus on that unknown but overwhelming threat unlikely as it is. You know, the stuff that takes us by surprise because that's the danger we don't know. But I think we're so focused on that danger in the dark that we don't notice the dangers already here. The smaller, creeping dangers. Some right there in plain sight. The cavemen were on guard for the tiger that might be in the jungle and not thinking about the botulism growing in their spoiling food. 
<laughs> I might get hit by a bus, though that's unlikely. More likely, I'll get recognized on the street as a friend of Rael's and then get shot by one of those militia boys. But uh, it's, uh, it's the cancer that's going to get me. It was sneaking up on me all those months. The signs were there. Of course, I didn't pay attention. And that's what Rael was trying to tell us. You know the parable of the frog and the pan of water? Well, if a frog jumps into a pan of hot water, he's going to jump out. But if you slowly heat the water instead, frog's just going to sit there, getting used to the idea. Pretty soon he's going to think the water's always been this hot. That's just the way it is. And he'd wish that other frog yelling at him to get out would just shut up. He won't know the end has come until it's too late. And even then he'll swear he was right all along as he's cooked alive. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm rambling now. I guess the point is is that Rael always said that he could see the signs of the darkness among us. And I think it frustrated him more than anything that most other people refused to see them, too. So where was I? Right, right. we'd escaped the uh, wolves. We drove the rest of the night away from the forest. Rael said he had given the Theta group the slip and the cops that are looking for Satya hadn't caught up with us. But I'm sure there's a statewide APB out for us now, and it's not like my big old RV could blend in. The night in the forest had unsettled all of us. Well, Satya and me, anyway. She'd been pretty quiet in the back, though uh, I catch glimpses of her in the rearview mirror, sketching in a pad she'd brought along. The sun's coming up, and I'm trying to make sense of what had happened, so I ask Rael, this, uh, this data group, why do they want you so bad? They are afraid of me. Why? Because they know I will fight the darkness. And they work for the darkness? Yes. They want to destroy the world? No, they want to control it. I thought you said the darkness wants to uh, unmake the world, undo all our advancements and progress or whatever. It does, but the Theta Group does not see its plan. This is how the darkness works. It trades short-term gratification for long-term ruin. It is a shame your people do not live longer lives, because memory is fragile, and you die before your causes can show you their effects. Satya, who had been listening, pipes up. How old are you, Rael? Rael hesitates before looking away out of the window. Age is relative. Oh, come on, Satya says. What, do your people live a really long time? They don't live at all anymore. Satya blanches. Oh, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean... Rael shakes his head. No, I am sorry. I know you did not mean it that way. It is difficult for me to tell you my age because... He seems really uncomfortable about something. After my people died, I traveled for a very long time. And despite that, the memory of those last days are as fresh as they have always been. Your people say, time heals all wounds, but I do not think that is true for me, because I remember everything. It is my blessing and my curse. I cannot forget, and that is why the darkness fears me. But, I suppose, relatively speaking, I was around your own age, Satya, when I left my home. She seems pleased about this. I can't imagine what that must have been like, though. 
I mean, it's bad enough to watch a world die around you, but then to be a kid? Anyway, I get the feeling Rael doesn't like talking about this, so I ask. Uh, so, uh, getting back to the Theta group, how do you know they're working for the darkness and not just, you know, some agency that's after you because you're um, not from around here? Yeah, that. The signs of the darkness are there, Simon. Can you not see? Right, no compassion, no restraint, I get that, but how do we know that sort of stuff is caused by this ancient, invisible civilization? You are asking for proof. Rail, I'm with you, okay? Just, you're talking about going after the governor, and it's going to be easier if we had some evidence. He thinks about this for a long moment, and then he says, Very well, take the next road south. Satya asks, where are we going? To get some evidence. Rail leads us into a little town, and eventually to a public library, nestled in a residential area across from a park. The library building looks more modern than some of the houses around it, probably a recent construction or remodel. As we're pulling in, a couple of things catch my eye. First off, I noticed there's about six guys standing out in front of the library like they own the place. They're wearing jeans and camouflage. A couple of them have on military gear, mismatched pieces of body armor, gun holsters, ammo belts, that sort of stuff. All of them have on sunglasses. You know the type. You see them all over these days. Self-appointed sons of freedom there to enforce whatever laws they like best. Anyway, they're sort of spread around in front of the library's entrance, like guards. The other thing I notice is another RV in the mostly empty part of the lot. I park next to them. One thing about owning an RV, it's an invitation to a select group of other RV owners. Full-timers, especially of a certain age, will often give you the benefit of the doubt that you're a wise and worthy person because you drive your house around with you. It's nice, though I've never really been one to participate in all that. I lived in my RV mostly because it was all I could afford, not because I wanted to retire in it and see the world one campsite at a time. Anyway, there's a couple sitting next to theirs in the shade of the trees, sipping coffee in their folding chairs. Early 60s, I think. The woman smiles at us. Howdy, neighbor, she says. RV humor. Hey, how y'all doing? Finest frog's hair. I'm Kay. This is Silver. She points to her husband, who salutes us with his thermos cup. Y'all had breakfast? Library won't open for 15 more minutes. May as well have a little something. The offer is generous, but I'm not sure how these two will feel about Rael. Or Satya, for that matter. And then it bugs me that I think that about her. If she's not embarrassed about who she is, why should I be? Still. Well, we don't want to put you out none. Lord, honey, it's nothing fancy. Sit down, tell us everything you know. Rail says, that may take a long time. They laugh, and Sate gives Kay a big smile. Thank you, I'm starved. So I guess that settles it. Silver gets a couple more folding chairs. Rail is content to stand while the rest of us eat toast and jelly and sip coffee. Turns out Kay and Silver are on their way over to the next town... There's a campaign rally there they're going to attend for, uh, you guessed it, the governor. 
They're big fans. At this admission, I glance at Rael, but he doesn't give any reaction one way or the other. Kay asks, Are y'all heading there too? Uh, we're sort of wandering a bit these days, seeing where the stars take us. Rael asks, Will the governor be there? Kay shakes her head. No, I don't think so. But Pilot Quaid is speaking. Remember, Pilot Quaid was the pundit interviewing the governor on the TV that first night in Lulu's diner. Rael goes quiet, staring off toward the horizon. Kay, a little suspicious, offers, Are you sure you don't want any coffee, Mr. Rael? Satya intercepts her, holding out her cup. I'd love some. Mm, good girl. As Kay tops her off, she says, Silver and I want to use the internet and pick up a couple of books for the road. I say, the same. I don't honestly know why we're here, but it's as good a story as any. I nod over at the men standing out in front of the library. What's up with those guys? Silver, who is perhaps a man of even fewer words than Rael, pipes up then. They're looking out for trouble. Satya says, Trouble? It's a library. What trouble could there be at a library? Silver shrugs. The library should stick to books and magazines, leave politics at the door. Satya appears over at the armed men. Looks like the politics came to the door all on its own. Kay interjects, smoothing things over before they get too rough. It's just a shame, honestly. Everything has an agenda these days. People who aren't even from around here are coming in and making things worse, spreading lies. It's indecent. Silver grunts in agreement. Makes it bad for everyone. And we all know that everyone here means people like Kay and Silver. And me, to be fair. But the irony seems completely lost on our hosts. They're breaking bread with Rael, who is about as outside as you can get, and Satya, trans daughter of South Asian immigrants, while talking about how people like them are ruining the world. And yet none of that fear is on their faces as we sit together. I wonder how people can walk around with such a huge blind spot. And I wonder if I've got one like it, too. The doors of the library open. A woman's coming out, unlocking everything. The armed men turn to stare at her. She ignores them and goes back inside. Rail says, Thank you for breakfast, but we should be going. We say our goodbyes, and Kay is all smiles as she wishes us well. See you on the road! We walk over toward the entrance, Rail leading the way. The men watch our approach, standing up a little taller, hands resting on their gun belts. Their posturing reminds me of little Syed and his buddies back in the grocery store, acting tough and important. I guess some people never change. They grow up and get a gun. I've dealt with people like them before, so I limp a little faster, getting out in front of Rael. Stay close, I say. Let me do the talking. One of the men steps in our way. He's got on a bulletproof vest, jeans, cowboy boots, and a pistol on his belt. You folks from around here? He asks. I say, just passing through. Excuse us. He holds up a hand. You have any ID on you? He's studying each of our faces now, lingering on Rael and Satya. No blind spot here. Uh, you police? I ask him, keeping calm. We are concerned citizens exercising our rights. He doesn't have the right to demand ID, but I don't tell him that. Oh, 
Well, uh, we're just going in to get some books. You should know, the staff here have been compromised. Compromised? They're spreading lies. Fake news. This library, which is supposed to serve the public trust, has been radicalized. They're harboring illegals, teaching sedition, and misappropriating tax money. I sort of stare at the man. Huh. Well, uh, I just want to grab a John Grisham, so, uh... He's staring right at Satya now, and I can see a contemptuous sneer starting to curl his lip. Where are you from? He demands of her. I reach over and put my arm around her, pulling her up close to my side. Her? This is my niece. Ain't she pretty? I can see the man blinking in confusion behind his sunglasses. Satya, bless her, doesn't miss a beat. She gives me a squeeze. Aw, thanks, Uncle Simon. Hey, how's your leg? Huh? Oh, oh, it's pretty bad, honestly. Oh, no. Well, let's get you inside so you can rest it. She looks at the self-appointed guardian of justice right in the eye. Um, can you excuse us? My uncle has a bad leg. He needs to sit down. The man stammers a half-apology out, backing away baffled. And I lean on Satya and limp toward the door. Rail just walks right past the men in their guns in silence, not even looking at them. When we're out of earshot, Satya frowns over her shoulder back at the men. For all her bravado with Uncle Simon, she's unnerved. Rightfully so, considering. I ask Rail, so why are we here again? To find the evidence we need. The evidence is here? This is a library. The search for evidence begins here. Satya says, Why don't you just do research on the internet? You can borrow my phone if you need to. Because not everything is on the internet. And there, it is difficult to separate true information from false. Also, information on the internet vanishes. But libraries are careful curators of history. And because librarians do not track what you search for, or try to sell you something because of it. Satya looks at the phone in her hand. Track. Do... Do you think the police have been trying to track my phone? Rail says. They have been. I have been preventing it. Do, do do I need to turn it off or something? It is fine. Keep it on. Satya still frowns at the device in her hand, though. Inside, the library is warm compared to the cool autumn air. There's that smell of books you can't miss. The scent of imagination and knowledge. It is well lit and open. Lots of work tables and computers in the main area, with shelves of books and magazines ringing the whole place. I can see a few meeting rooms, a language lab, kids section, even a workshop of some kind. There's information on one wall about study groups for high school equivalency and college entrance tests. The whole place feels calm, you know even with the hateful little armed men strutting around outside. It's quiet. I mean, yeah, libraries are supposed to be quiet, but it feels empty. I know we're the first people through the doors, but even so, I don't see anyone working except for the one woman behind the checkout desk. Rail heads right for her, and she looks pretty swamped, surrounded by a little controlled chaos. Carts of books waiting to be reshelved and paperwork all over the counter. She doesn't look up from the computer she's working on as Rail says to her, Hello, I would like a library card, please. 
I'm guessing she's in her mid-thirties, round face, hair pulled back out of her eyes. Okay, she says, trying to be polite while doing several other things at once. If you would, use that terminal over there and fill out the form. Rail goes over and stares at it a moment, like he's figuring it out. But then he starts to type. I ask the librarian, Hey, uh, what's with the guys outside? They're trying to intimidate us. Why? It began with our classes on critical thinking. You know, how to tell fake news from real sources. They didn't like that at all. When they realized we were doing a lot to support our immigrant community, like English classes and job training, they started harassing people at the door. She frowns now, frustrated. My staff are afraid to come in. So are the people who need us the most. I'm trying to do everything here, and... She stops herself, gives me a tight smile. Sorry. No, it's okay. And the police won't do anything about it? She smirks. One of the guys out there this morning? His brother is a sheriff, so... No. But you're not afraid. Someone has to be here. We can do a lot online, but... People come here for help. Maybe they need to find information they can't on their own. Or to use the internet, or take a class, or borrow a lawnmower, or a camera, or a violin. Or they just need to be somewhere safe. Someone needs to be here. You're a brave woman, Miss, uh... Call me Min. Simon. It's hard to believe that people can get away with intimidation tactics like that. Not so hard, honestly. Something's going on with people, with this country. I don't understand it. People aren't curious like they used to be. I became a librarian because I believe that deep down, all that we need to make the world a better place is education. Education leads to understanding, and understanding leads to empathy. It not only makes people smarter, it makes them better people. And now, people don't want to learn. They're even smug about it. The library is here to give people easier, richer lives. When did we become the enemy? She stops herself, grimacing, and takes a little breath. Sorry, I shouldn't have vented like that. It's okay. You look pretty tired. I've been staying late here, trying to catch up on things. Satya glances at the piles of books behind the counter. Do you need some help? Min is a little surprised by her offer. Oh, I, I don't know. I... It's fine. My friend has some research to do. I love libraries. What can I do? Rail walks over then. I have completed the form. Min pulls it up on her screen. Okay, let's see. Mr. Rail, you didn't put in your full name. That is my name. That's your full name? Satya grins at her. Yeah, like Bono or Beyonce. Yes, like Beyonce. Uh, wait, you don't have an address here. I do not have an address. Oh, do you have a, a homeless shelter you're staying out of, or... I interrupt. Look, maybe let's just use my name and address. We negotiate with men and get it figured out. Since we're not from the same county, there's a fee, but I think she's just so glad to have friendly folks around that she waves it. Satya helps her sort books, get them back on the shelves. Rail sits down at one of the computers and gets lost in thought again. Me, I find a chair, take a nap. Satya wakes me up about an hour later. Rail found something. The two of us stand behind him as he points to the computer screen. It's some sort of list, names of records, some kind of government archive. 
Here, look. This is a list of records the governor has ordered sealed. Many of these are related to security or confidentiality issues, but there is this one from several years ago. It is a state surveyor's office finding. It is referred to in notes as the ashes. Okay, so what does this have to do with, you know, the darkness? Around the time this survey was completed, the governor began to enact more and more legislation against social programs. His budget allocations took funding away from schools, the arts, and healthcare. Yeah, but that's just his politics. Smaller government and all that. Rail stands up then and begins to pace. It was the first time I'd really seen him this agitated. The function of government is to serve the people. How can the people be served if the government keeps them sick, ignorant, and impoverished? Your societies have spent the last 5,000 years using your imagination and ingenuity to make life better for yourselves. And now you want to go back? I've compared the governor's rhetoric from before the survey to that after, and there is a marked increase in language against outsiders and toward nationalism. He is fomenting anger and fear. He has begun undoing and is drawing his allies to him. So what about this ashes file? I believe that the survey uncovered something that housed the darkness. An artifact, perhaps, or text, some remnant of what once was. That it was then that the darkness was unleashed on your world, and that it made its way to the governor's mind, and he used his authority to hide its existence. Satya says, but what are the ashes? I do not know. The record is sealed, held somewhere in the Capitol building. But I believe that if we can find that record, we can prove the governor is corrupted and find the source of the darkness itself. He stares fixedly at us. That is what we must do. We will open this record and confront the governor. Rail is finished, and it's just as well. Sachi and I are tired. We've been up all night after the forest, and we're starting to get used to our nocturnal schedule. We say goodbye to men, who thanks Satya for the help. She's still working by herself. The men with guns don't say anything to us as we leave, but they watch every step we take back to the RV. We pass through the closed-minded anger they project around themselves. And it's hard not to imagine that Rail is right. Kay and Silver must have gotten what they need from the library and left because their RV is gone. We go into mine. I draw the shades and lock the doors. Take an oxy. Satya and I sleep. Rael sits at the table, lost in intense, almost obsessive thought. His mind, somewhere else. Satya shakes me awake. Something is wrong. It's nighttime, but there's flickering yellow light peeking through the curtains. The side door of the RV stands open. I can smell smoke. Simon, come on. Oh, God, the library is burning. Rahel is already outside. We stand in the empty parking lot, watching. One corner of the building has leaping flames coming out of a broken window. Smoke has filled the place, from what I can see. Shrill alarms sound inside. Some of the bookshelves are already burning. Rail stares at the flames, looking lost and confused. 
What happened? I ask. I... I was distracted. I didn't notice what was happening until it was too late. Satya asks, Is there anything we can do? Fire crews are on the way. I say, Well, we shouldn't be here when they get here. I notice Satya is tearing up a little, watching the flames. Why would they do this? Rail says, They came for the libraries on my world, too. I glance toward the road, looking for signs of cops or fire trucks, when I notice a little brown hatchback parked at the back of the lot. I remember what men had said, that she had been staying late at the library, trying to catch up on work. Is that man's car? Rail frowns and bows his head a moment, and then he says, She is inside. We race over to the front door and pull on it, but it's locked. More than that, someone has wrapped a chain around the doors and padlocked them closed. They knew she was inside, and they locked her in with the fire. A pound on the door, calling for her, but there's no answer. Satya runs back to the RV to get her lockpicks. I ask Rael, is men okay? He shakes his head. I do not know. There's smoke everywhere inside the library, thick tendrils creeping out around the door. I yell towards Satya, hurry! But Rael goes to the little landscape verge by the entrance, picks up a big rock, and hurls it at the closest window. The glass splinters into a dense spiderweb of cracks, and then he just leaps through, smashing it the rest of the way. Smoke comes boiling out as he vanishes inside. Satya comes running back, lockpicks in hand, but sees that Rael has gone in. Is he going to be okay? I don't know, so I don't say anything. But a few minutes later... He steps out of the smoke, carrying men in his arms, hopping down from the broken window. She's coughing badly, but he seems completely unaffected. Get her away from the building. He carries her to her car, sets her down on the grass. It takes her a bit to get her breath. Inside the library, I hear the sprinkler system kick in. It'll stop the fire, but all those books, those computers, equipment, everything, ruined. Min stares at the burning library, her head in her hands, like she can't decide whether to scream in anger or fall into despair. It's gone. It's all gone. All of it was for them. They burned it down. Rail crouches next to her. There will be other libraries, but what we need are more librarians. Do not give up hope. I hear sirens in the distance. Men looks like she's gonna be okay. In the present moment, anyway. We better go. Rail nods. Satya gives Men a long, emotional hug. And I drive us on. Heading west. Toward the capital. The Book of Constellations is written, produced, and performed by W. Keith Timms. A lot of great music in this episode, including Blues Driver by Roscall, Jazz Masters and Delay Pedals by Rest You Sleeping Giant, and Eminence by Kai Engel. Information on these artists can be found on our website, bookofconstellations.com. Additional music by Free Sound Collective. The theme song is Cycles by Pictures of the Floating World. Go support your local library and tell them 
the Book of Constellations sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.